Shall we begin? <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Luncheon with Lisa. Um, I'm so glad for everybody who's tuning in. Remind everybody now, take a quick minute and um, make sure everybody's tuned in. The show starts every Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I'm excited about tonight's um, show. Um, I think we have a very inspirational story that I think everyone should hear and know about. Um, and our guest is just fabulous. But before we get started, um, I want to give you a background on some things that I'm doing this month so you all can tune in. Um, if you're not doing anything this weekend, February 20th, um, Sharon Parker is having an event. Um, it's her eighth annual um, Roses Leading Within Conference. And um, please attend this conference. I mean, if you are, you don't have to be a history buff, but if you want to know about more about where you came from, you want to know and enter, um, network with other people, professionals, youth, um, this conference is definitely a place where you want to be to learn more about who you are, where you came from, and just a lot about our history. So I will be moderating that conference this Saturday. So please, please go register now. It is not too late. Um, and also next Saturday, February 27th, I will be a speaker at a conference um, of visionary. The name of that conference is Favor is Fair. Um, so we're going to be talking about some things that, yeah, you need to Y'all, y'all know what y'all need to be doing on Saturday. You shouldn't be out in them streets, so you need to be in these conferences and grabbing your seat there. So I'm hoping to see you on February 20th and 27th, um, because I think you're going to get some great nuggets. Um, so now, someone told me, I'll tell you who told me later, but someone <laughs> told me that today was National Wine Day, and I must have been slipping. So. While we're getting things started, y'all need to go grab yourself some wine and just chill out and relax because um, um, this is going to be a great show. I'm excited. So let me introduce you to our guest um, and then we're going to get into it. Now, I'm going to give you some a little bit of information about her, but I'm going to let her kind of tell you she's better at telling this story, of course, than me. But I want to give you some background on, you know, who you're actually going to get ready to talk to. So as an un identified missing person, S. Monique Smith's life path has provided her with the opportunity to provide awareness, help and a, a, awareness, help and a voice for missing and exploited persons. Called to this path from a young age, Monique knew that she had to do for the people like her. She had to do for the people like her in this world. Her mission to help her community is rooted in personal tragedy. Her childhood was marked by serious abuse, but she didn't realize the true nature of her story until later in her early 30s, when a local municipal application revealed inconsistencies in her documentation and ultimately led her to the re revelation that the woman she had long believed to be her birth mother was not. After years of per personal evolution and healing, as Monique Smith has overcome many trials and tribulations to become the survivor she is today. Now, Monique is passionate and dedicated to her mission and is most known for her work with the Center for Missing and Exploited Children, the Felicia Barnes case, 
and as well as her launch of known as Monique First Responders. One of her goals is to make sure that people have accurate information that can prevent child abductions and increase the chances that missing children will be found. Monique Smith hosted Maryland's first annual Missing Persons Day on May 5th, 2018, alongside NAMUS, I hope I'm saying that right, a National Unidentified Persons Data Source, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, and the Maryland Human Trafficking Task Force. She also works to support efforts of nonprofit and grassroots organizations who reach out to children at risk of running away, abduction, or trafficking, such, such as through working with the Angels of Addiction Street, Addiction Street Outreach Ministry and Loving Arms LLC. An activist, Smith Person continues to activate for heightened awareness around providing safe environments for children. Founded in 2013, known as Monique's mission is to continue to spread awareness about missing children, whether minors or adults, as well as provide educational and resources to end child abductions. Welcome to Luncheon with Lisa. We are so happy to have you. Woo! Thank you so much, Lisa. I am so excited to be here. First of all, I don't know why I was about to cry as you was reading my bio. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, it's powerful. <laughs> no, it, you know what? It's, it's, it's the fact that, you know, you reached out to me in one of the most important months and, and it's really all year long you know black history is you know it's every single day um but the whole you know point of of legacy mm-hmm. and having something you know uh and, and just honoring it yourself is just so monumental it means a lot like so I, that's why i guess i was emotional because you can do a lot and people will brag about what they've done, all the little accolades when you're reading your bio. And it, it, but the work that I saw, you know, I'm, I watched, I, listening to you read it, I kind of went back through every single, like, I have right. done a lot. Like, I have yes. stuck to my commitment. You know, it's, you know, some people are born with a silver spoon in their mouth. So the Black history for them, you know, was the empowerment because it came with their name. You know, Martin Luther King, you hear that name and you see what his children were able to do. And now there's a, you know, a museum, there's monuments all over the place based on his work, you know, and his name meant something. And that was my mission and my goal as a person. Right. That my legacy, we're we're all, it's it's out here for all of us. And for it to be taken um, manipulated, abused, um, and it happens so many times. I mean, human trafficking, child abduction, in that that whole arena, it's a 150 billion, I did not say million, $150 billion industry. And just to know that as I was, you know, looking for myself, you know, Michelle Obama was becoming, I was finding Monique. Right. But to be able to use those very resources that was able uh, I mean, available to me to try to find out how old I was. What is my real name? What is my birthday? Will I ever acquire a birth certificate? You know, what's going to happen with my children? Like I have four children, you know, and right. without a birth certificate, you don't get a death certificate. So thank you for reading the bio because oh, that no. bio is about the work, the mission yeah. of the work. 
and, and it shows and it, you know we've shared platforms before and and i've heard bits and pieces of the story so i was excited about this and this was very intentional because this month on luncheon with lisa is kind of like love month and each week i have dedicated to a different form of love so the first week was self-love and then that last week, because it was right before Valentine's Day, was romantic love, you know. But this was family love. And I thought mm -hmm. about you and just your journey. Um, and it wasn't about, you know, it wasn't specifics, but it was like, who could speak in my mind? Who could speak better to just a journey of searching for family, knowing family, not knowing family? All of that was you. Um, and I know we had talked previously, and I was like, this is the perfect I just think this is a perfect time for her. And of course, like you said, in the middle of Black History Month, it's like, these are the things that matter. Your story is something that I felt like, like you said about empowerment, yours was more inspiration um, because it was like, look, you know, I mean, I saw some of the videos along the way where you were searching and finding and and it was amazing the strength that it takes to 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 not only just go through that, but to share that story, share your journey um, and the things that it has brought you to um, is uh, is. Yeah, I you you're going to tell it better than me, but I'm so <laughs> excited. And we're actually um, I will give them a little not right now because you all need to um, just just pay attention to some things. But we're going to give away. I am the ancestor, which is one of Monique. She, this is one of her books. I, well, I have one for myself because I'm not giving mine away. <laughs> but we have one that we're going to give away. But later on in the show, we'll give it away. But yeah, tell us a little bit about your journey and all you've gone through because it's been so much. It's like we would have to do part two to get, you know, just get all the journey. <laughs> well, I want to piggyback on what you just shared about, you know, you selecting family and family. Um, it means the world to me. I mean, as a child, um, I think the I didn't want to be an attorney. You know, I didn't want to uh, be a physician growing up. I wanted to be a mom. Like I had a goal. I, you know, um, I wanted six to eight children. I mean, I didn't know why. And this was probably in kindergarten. I knew that I wanted to be a mother. Unfortunately, I didn't know the whole piece about being a wife first. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, I wasn't raised right, but <laughs> you know, it was something in my spirit um, as a as a young person. So I wanted to to go back to that to that piece, which which was so important to me. But um, you know, as as things were happening, I was never really so connected to the individuals who I was raised around, and I just you know, as a child, I just couldn't put my finger on it, and um, it it was alarming. It bothered me, mm -hmm. and. It, what it was just something in my internal spirit that always led me to be to just be like feel more than just a in a family environment and and just you know like exist but to be it meant a lot and again um i am one of the products that when you say uh you, you know you weren't born with a silver spoon you're not going to inherit anything your name has no substance and no value um and it was just just oddly strange that i was just given that that energy inside my soul to know that you know at every single opportunity you should be the silver lining around the dark cloud. You can control that narrative. And I did it as a child. Like I, I, there were things that I would see around me, like all of my 
classmates and friends. You know, they had family, the neighbors, they were always playing with them, you know, buying them things, taking them to nice places. You know, they would come back from vacation and that just wasn't happening for me. But I used my imagination, crayons, markers, and I just started creating that life that I wanted to to envision in between the abuse, you know, so you almost had to throw out and reflect something totally different. And I was glad because that creativity is what helped me to become like the nice person, the kind person. I think it was my, you know, not that generational curse to bring it with me where I'm going to abuse my children. It's it's just that as these things were happening to me, it happened over here. I'm going back Mm -hmm. to my crayons. I'm going back to my coloring book. I'm going back to my markers. And I'm going to continue to create the life that I want to feel, just like the ones we were seeing on television. Like I was watching, you know, the Cosby's and Gilligan's Island, whatever, you know, all those episodes, I saw the fun, you know, the the life, you know, and I kept saying, why, why is it happening in here? So how do, how do I get this? And and anything that excited me is what I gravitated towards. So I was, I was very um, grateful for that. But then as time started going a little further, (laughs) I was realizing it was always some type of adversity. You know, I was stopped from going to the Marines. I was stopped uh, to be able to get okay. my driver's license. was blocking you. Mm-hmm. Everything was blocking me. And I don't care what I did around, you know, telling family and family. No one motivated me. No one grabbed hold of me and, you know, said, here, let me help you. No one mentored me. Like, mm. it was just the wildest things. And I would find things that would be relatively easy. And take it back to individuals and say, hey, can, can you help me with this? Oh, not right now. That's important. That's not important. You know, how okay. can you help me get this? And that that was really, it didn't drain me. It just bothered me. And now that I look back, you know, it, it, it just kind of made it clear to what was going on. Like I said, at the time, you got to remember, like, uh, when you don't, you haven't read the book yet. <laughs> but it was, it was early on. So once everything started happening... Um, later in life, all everything that the tick, 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 tick process in my mind was was just it was I saw it, but I didn't see it. You know, if you're arguing right. with your your relative, you know, I'm going to tell your mother, I'm going to tell your mother, give me my toy, give me your toy. I'm going to tell, you know, well, she's not your mother anyway. Oh, uh, okay. So, you, know, you know, when you're when you're nine and 10 and 11 and you hear that, you know, you're, you're, you're kids. But right. When I became an adult and I'm thinking to myself, I was, it wasn't about the child. What adults were having conversations around that child for them to say it to me? Now, here's the bigger piece when I work with missing children and human trafficking and identifiers. Okay. Adults, adults, these are the things that the godparents should be seeing, aunts and uncles should be seeing. Those are the individuals who can identify these things and alert authorities. Something was going on right in front of everyone's face and they didn't see it. Right. They they just did not see it. Right. It was just really that bad, you know. Um, And then, of course, time passed. You know, the abuse. People don't want to. The other part of that is people don't want to see it. I think, you know, a lot of times they, you know, whatever, they don't want to deal with it. the repercussions or what's going to happen next. So they just kind of turned a blind eye or pretend that it's not. Denial is a beast. I've said that forever. Denial is a beast. (laughs) Well, I did a a woman's leadership conference last year and um, we talked about resiliency and how, how you're going to make it through. And I always tell parents, teach your kids to tell, Mm. You, you know, 
you got to have that straight talk conversation with them. If you feel an uncle, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a teacher is inappropriately touching you, you have to teach your children. The conversations that I had when my my fourteen-year-old uh, daughter, um, it, I, I had to have when she was eight. Whereas my mm -hmm. oldest daughter, it was okay at fourteen. But okay. because the amount of abuse that's happening now, you you kind of you have to force yourself to have that very uncomfortable right. conversation at an early age. You have to teach them to tell. Now back to what you were saying about the adults, they're paralyzed. Some people are shocked. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it's it's fear. Like like you said, what's going to happen if I do? Am I going to have to testify? We're going to have to be a yes. witness. I'm going to have to write a statement. I'm going to go to jail. You know, I could hear all of these things going on Absolutely. at the same time. And it's happening today. Well, and I'll be curious, I know exactly what you're talking about because um, I do share in another co-author book that I did, I shared that um, and I held it for 40 some years, but that, you know, in my neighborhood, it was a neighbor who, you know, touched me. Um, but I talked myself and I was, I think I was 11 um, and I never told anybody um, because I did all of those things in my head. First of all, I was like, look, I know it's not my fault. My parents told me well. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't do this to myself, but let me just stay away. Um, but I also envisioned, <laughs> I will say I envisioned my mother just, you know, um, yeah, he wouldn't be here anymore. So, you know, I was thinking of all those things at 11, like, what is my mother going to do? She is going to, you know, and that's going to disrupt everything. And I felt like, okay, I'm smart enough to know not to you know, go to the, the friend's house or whatever it was anymore. But I held it till 40 something. And then when I wrote the book, when I wrote the chapter is when I said, okay, I have to tell my mom. And so she didn't find out until I wrote it. And then she shared with me that she had experienced something as a young child. Um, so when people ask you, why didn't you tell? Um, and there were reasons why I didn't, but now I'm like, you know, I don't know. It's like that, that catch 22 where I didn't tell, but mm -hmm. now I understand why I should, but I do understand why people make that decision. Um, and I kind of thought like, I'm not a lifetime, you know, you see lifetime and you see those movies and I'm thinking it wasn't that dramatic. You know, it was kind of like, uh, you know, I'm good. I'm okay. I've gotten through it, but it wasn't that it disappeared. It was just that I, I kind of pushed it down and felt like I had control over it. But Right. It pops up on you. <laughs> you know? And it does. And it does. And, and luckily, a lot of people can take it and move on. They know that it happened and move on. Unfortunately, um, that, that type of abuse will hinder someone's ability to grow. That's um, true. To have, have a relationship later on in life with a, their counterparty, you know, be it that it's male and female. Uh, boys are being uh, molested and, and abducted and in traffic more now than girls are because the demand has shifted. Um, so it's very unfortunate that um, so many individuals have been abused and just struggle. They struggle internally and just mentally with how to release that, like that stress. How is yeah. it going to impact their life? Um, additional pain. Some people are threatened their lives are are threatened, you know, well, that's as, true. As they would, you know, tell someone. So it's so many, so many causes. And that's why I always tell people, teach them, um, teach them to tell. And as, as adults, um, when people don't believe you, the, the biggest thing of all of the survivors that I've spoken with, people do not believe them. How many stories have mm. you heard of young girls 
telling their parents. You know, my mother didn't even believe me. And I was telling her my uncle was or her right. boyfriend was, you know, victims are not always, you know, believe you call the authorities, you know. That's true. Um, well, he is your husband. How can he rape you? Uh, he, You know, he is your boyfriend. You've been with him for five years. You know, what do you mean he's forcing you to sleep with other men? You know, so unfortunately, I always tell people, tell someone else and tell someone else and tell someone else. Tell until someone of those individuals are they brave clue. enough. To say, right. Right. They, right. They're going to be brave enough to say, you know what, this ends today because it ends with me. Right. And they'll go to the authorities or they'll go with you to a hospital, you know, to have you checked out. That's what you want to do. Don't don't ever feel like you should say, well, I I told my girlfriend, I told my boss, I told my neighbor and, you know, they just didn't believe me. They didn't listen. And that's um, a real fear that nobody will believe you. And I think that's what deters people from saying something because they're just kind of like that's going to be more stress, more, you know, that's almost like kicking you that's kicking you while you down so something's happening to me and now i know when i share with somebody they're not going to believe me so i got to prove it to them before i can even tell the next person <laughs> exactly exactly so what did yeah. you how um because what what you did with yours was you not only got you know got through some things but you actually took that energy and that um positive energy that you always knew look this is what i'm supposed to be experiencing this is what's supposed to be in my life and you took that to go on further and start to help other people um and you know some people just got to work through getting through it themselves but you took it a step further and now you're helping other people to find that space you know i had to continue to work on um, myself and it would just it would leave it in my my heart and spirit that it, every bit of information it was from the public taxpayers dollars, you know, you hear about what's going on um, with the police department, you'll hear about what's going on with Homeland Security. If we're not using what's out there, we just don't even think to go um, back to the Department of Social Service. We do not think to go back and utilize those resources because they're breaking out sessions now because of the variances. You know, everything is, you know, we didn't have this experience. Like I am the first case. Could you imagine going to the National Center of Exploited Children saying, um, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm missing. And they're looking like, what? And <laughs> I, it took them, um, <laughs> it took them two years. It literally took them two years to give me a missing child number. I'm missing child number, uh, one, two, eight, uh, I got two other numbers in my head, uh, seven, seven, zero. So that's my number. So whenever well, you why go did it take two years, because I was an adult. I was either 28 or 29. I didn't even so know my age. They had to kind of figure out how this happened. How, how did this happen? They, they did not believe me. Like, you you got to remember, wow. in this particular time, uh, we have identity theft. We have illegal immigration that's happening every day. We have people coming out of, of from being incarcerated, trying to okay. get a new identity. So to them, it was almost like a, it was a hoax. It was somebody looking to, you know, uh, manipulate the database and manipulate the system to get a new ID. And that wasn't okay. the case. Um, it, it was just really unfortunate. But after I said, you know what? I have some proof for you. I have some proof, concrete documentation. So that's what I took them. I took them the concrete okay. documentation that I had gathered. And I said, now you tell me who I am. How about that? <laughs> yeah, how about that? <laughs> so it actually uh, worked. It was, it was nothing they can do. Now, here's the beauty of what happens with the National Center of Missing Exploited Children? We all know John Walter. We know how mm -hmm. you know unfortunate story with him and his uh, son is that every year they do an uh, a intake 
that that revolves once a year. I'm sorry. Um, so if say for instance that someone didn't put any information about a missing child in in 1970, but you know, mm -hmm. so that, that's when they first ran it through the entire 70s. But someone may not have did anything until like 1985 or 1990. Okay. They do it every single year in the event that someone says, you know what, let me go see. I remember this child. I remember my niece. I don't care what nobody says. I remember a cousin. I'm going to find my, you know, just for, for the sake of my grandmother, just for the sake of my aunt, I'm going to find the child that she gave away or the or the kid that, you know, the father said he was going to take because the mother didn't do this right by the child. So that's a great thing with them that they did it annually, which kept my fake information right. in their database, but it also had my photo of my picture. Okay. okay. But that was way back in 1990, 1998. In 1998, wow. it was just really, really just, it was a long journey. So I started volunteering for them. I started raising money for them, um, talk, talking about the resources at community meetings, boys organization, girls organizations, asking people, do you still look at the missing person flyers when you go into Walmart? You know, so it was just the advocacy. It helped me okay. heal. Right. It was a right. process to help me. It helped me heal. Um, and then the family were out. Like I could, there was nothing that those people could ever say to me that that would assist right. me, help me. Um, just it was just they were clueless, just no support whatsoever. Um, and then I wrote the book. I said, you wow. know what? I have minor, I have minor children. I said. Something happens to me with four children. Who's going to lasso a rally around my kids and be their advocates? You right. know, and that's why it's entitled, I am the ancestor before I die. Because I couldn't tell them, baby, you got good hair because you got Cherokee Indian in you. You know, I couldn't say that your great, great, great grandmother. Yeah, because you had to mom. open up that history book for them. I mean, you are that history book for them. Yes. Was it? They were they were walking the path of our lineage being built right in front of them, but they just didn't get it. They just didn't, right. they didn't get it. And I didn't understand it, but I was utilizing every single means that I could to actually have something that I created in front of them. Now, mind you, I couldn't go to college. I couldn't pursue a lot of the careers that I wanted to because I didn't have any documentation, but real estate investing was easy. You didn't have to have a birth certificate to buy properties. So instead of, true. so entrepreneurship right. became, you know, the best thing ever for me to, you know, to survive to raise my kids without being threatened of not having identity to get the jobs that I really wanted. Well, let me ask you a question. Somebody actually had asked, um, it was a question that said, um, have you forgiven those who abused you? Was that part of your healing process when you started to move forward? Because I'm sure it took time and, you know, it was like maybe a little forgiveness here, maybe a little there, but I could imagine that that's maybe even an ongoing thing um, because your journey has been so long. It has been so long. So it took me a while and I, and I used to always say, um, I'm going to hell because I know that you have to forgive and I okay. would not forgive because see, I was molested at four, five, six, seven, all the way up until 18, physically, mm. sexually, mentally abused. So it was it was a lot. So once I was free, I was free. So I didn't okay. have to I didn't have to care and nurture, you know, befriend, stay a part of. So I had a choice. You know, okay. I was you know, building who I was, my own self-esteem, my own identity. Um, it took me later in life for the forgiveness piece. 
Okay. Me, right. It was, I was well into probably in my forties. I can imagine. Uh, yeah. It was in my forties yeah. when, you know, you know, or you forgive and like they say, you don't forget. Um, because I'm sorry. Well, you think for you like, forgive. Like, you know, you, yeah. that's what I'm saying. You think you've forgiven because you get yeah. to a comfortable place where you're like, okay, because you were yeah. still yeah. moving forward. You were still doing things. You were still feeding mm -hmm. into you. So you probably didn't even deal with that part of it. And then, you know, when it comes, it's like, I think sometimes forgiveness comes in stages. It's not like, you know, mm -hmm. all of a sudden everything is forgiven. No, you know, <laughs> I have to come back and revisit this. So I can yeah. imagine. Yeah. I had a point to prove. I had, you know, the whole I had a point to prove to myself. It was it was it was me all or nothing. I had no mm -hmm. other choice. I basically had no other choice. It was either I was gonna be the next homeless victim. Where where else was I gonna go? No mother, no father, no sisters, no brothers, no aunts, no uncles, no cousins. Where was wow. I gonna go? So it was left up to me and I use absolutely everything. I even use the fake identity that I lived under because I, I'm still living under S. Monique Smith. That is not legally my name. So that's all another story, but we're still into this right. process of, of what happened with the DNA. Yeah. So what so what does it do for you? Because I know that part of your healing is the way you're giving back, the way you're helping other people. Um so what has that done for you to make you, because, you know, some people would watch you move and, and watch the things you do and never even imagine that this is your journey. Um, the strength that you have, you have had to even show your children because you are kind of the beginning for them, you know, where you were mentioning that there no, no uncles, no aunts, no, you know, so you're it. Um, and that's a lot. That's a lot of, um, that's a lot. You sure you didn't read the book? Because I swear I read I that. I, I never read that. <laughs> and that was I it. Did, yeah, I felt that I had to, yeah. yeah, I had to, that's the that's the one thing that I had to give my children. I had to be their everything. I couldn't be. I was attempting to be because you cannot be right. someone's grandmother or grandfather. You cannot be, but I just had to be the best representation to direct them as best I could. You know, I had to A be family. their advocate and to build that right. family, you know, and it, and it, when it all came crumbling down, I literally had to sit them down and tell them myself, because I said, if I was to die today, if, you know, who's going to tell my story, who's mm. going to tell them it's going to be swept under the rug, like this whole entire life of a lie that I've lived and that's not going to work. So I'm grateful for the book. The book has raised well over $70,000 have been all donated to charities, um, which I'm just, I'm proud of. And again, Absolutely. this is something that you'll see. I, I self-published the book. Those are my hands on the book. I created the title. I went into the bookstores and looked at how thick I wanted the book, how many words I wanted to have in the book. And if I die today, that is a legacy piece to them. They will get royalties from this for the rest into my, into my grand. That's what I'm, look, I, and what you, um, you know what though, when you were explaining about the creativity and the crayons and the things at a young age, that was preparing you for doing this book. So you have all the create, just everything you just listed right there. You know, I mean, there's some people who are putting out books and don't even think along those lines, but I think you were already preparing for that at a young age. You, this was going to come to use at some point. Um, th that's that's amazing. Um, and look, I'm, I'm laughing at the fact that you said, did you read this book? Um, 
But I mean, the way when you were talking to Sharon, I was just like, you are you are the definition of family to them. So, I mean, and that's that's a lot, um, which this is going to what we're going to do is have a black history moment for Lisa all month long. I've been doing a black history moment for the month of um, February. So I wanted to actually and if this was in um, you kind of motivated this because, you know, sometimes we think of we think of. um Black History Month is those who are not with us anymore. Um, and that's not necessarily true. Um, so I said, okay, so I have you on the show. So let's stay with that flow. And there's someone else that's in our midst that's, you know, around us all the time. And we never think about the people that we interact with as Black History, but we're all part of history. Believe me, 2020 yes. made all of us um, yes. <laughs> history, whether we wanted to be or not. Um, but let's have a Black History moment with Luncheon with Lisa, and then we'll come back and have some more conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. Welcome to another Luncheon with Lisa Black History moment. Tonight, we honor Sylvia Traymore Morrison. If you all don't know her, she's America's first African-American female impressionist in the history of this country. Sylvia Traymore Morrison is one of the first solo artists to tour and open for Whitney Houston in over 20 major U.S. cities. Morrison's career in Hollywood is legendary. For more information on how she's been a trailblazer in the world of comedy and on stages everywhere, please visit her website at www.sylviaoyer.com. And this is another Luncheon with Lisa Black History Moment. So welcome back. I think you know Sylvia, but Sylvia is uh, just a, a living legend. Um, she has so much history with her. You have so much history, but we got to start um, listening to those people who are actually mm -hmm. here with us, where we don't even have to go read a book. We can go have a one-on-one -on -one conversation um, and learn so much about history. And I mean, you have gained so much about how this works with, um, you know, human trafficking and uh, being abducted and things like that. You've learned so much through trying to heal through your own, you know, situation. Um, I could imagine all the things you, so tell us a little bit about, now you said you did the book, but what other things have been happening or, you know, have occurred through this journey? Well, um, it it was it was bizarre that uh, it almost twenty years had passed and and it was weird because I talk all the time about family and my daughter my oldest one said mom you know what what what's next I said well nothing's happened Nothing, nothing's happened I've you know I've told the world that all missing children aren't dead you know I wrote the book I've gone on you know speaking engagements Good Morning America you know I've been on uh, the African American uh, paper you know um, it's just it's just I don't know what to do but I, I kept at it. I just continued to mm -hmm. press forward. By that time, the DNA started coming out with 23andMe and Accessories.com, the Namus organization. So my DNA is in with the deceased DNA of the long lost for 30, 40, 50 years. So I wanted to make sure that I did absolutely everything. So I paused from the book to go back okay. into diving to make sure that I was keeping up with the lineage. This is, again, almost like the family tree that you built. Mm -hmm. um, and I was getting minimal hits in ancestry. So people say, oh, you got to get an ancestry. You're going to, but if 
if everyone's not in ancestry, you're not going to get a ping. So people say, oh, that, you know, you can definitely connect with your family. You'll be able to find your mother. You'll find your dad. No, that was not happening. <laughs> Three, four years, that was not happening. So I said, you know what? I was sending my book to Oprah, Tyler Perry, Ellen. It was getting very expensive. I had publishing companies and, and publicists that was helping me pitch the story, send the story out. And it was just not moving. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to wait for them to do a story of hope and perseverance. I'm not going to do a story to let everyone know that, you know, never to give up. You mean right. something. You make yourself, you know, put yourself out there. So I wound up doing um, a campaign documentary. The longest okay. living Jenny Doe. Yeah, the Salvation Army has been around since the 1800s. And, mm -hmm. and when I went to them back in 1996, they said, oh, my God, you're a living Jane Doe. We specialize in homeless people. We specialize in runaways and unidentified since the 1800s. And you will not be able to be identified because you have absolutely, we have to have something to go on. Like we have to have something to go on. Um, so wow. that's what I dubbed, um, dubbed the movie on being the longest living uh, Jane Doe. I even tried to get into the Guinness's Book of World's Record because wow. at the end of the day, I wanted so much hope for the people who are, are still looking for their loved ones. Like I said, we have 100,000 people go reported missing just, you know, every single day. Like wow. every single day, there's someone being reported missing that is a senior alert, an amber alert, a runaway, you know, someone who just decided to leave on their own will. That database is so huge. But to give the families and most importantly, the agencies, there are people mm -hmm. out there, retired detectives, law enforcement agents, you know, volunteers who have a, a passion for helping that are searching for. It. And when they see me, it's, it's that new energy, like. I have this case that I have not, and I just know that there's a clue in this box. There's a clue inside this briefcase. There's a clue in this envelope. I'm going to reunite that. And hearing yes. your story, you know, it was just a burst of new energy. And I was grateful to even be able to bring that to them and just to, to see me and You're say walking that home for a lot of people. Uh, that was the key. So the, the documentary yeah. premiered in Baltimore in 2019. It did good. I've been on tour, but of course now COVID um, right. just hit. Yeah, so I'm excited. I'm excited. And the proceeds still go towards the charity. So um, I'm not really interested in doing the selling of the CD. I love the fact of the interaction. Um, I like the fact that I get to control what happens. Mm -hmm. And then, again, that's something else I'll be able to pass to my children. Um, yes, I am navigating this whole theater, <laughs> yes. you know, the movie screen. You're doing you know, it. Movie, you are doing it. <laughs> the filming industry. It's, it's bizarre, but it's, it's the same thing that I had to do to do the book. And then I also created workbooks, you know, for okay. parents. Yeah, these have been out since uh, 2016. So when I go okay. to you know, mommy me and chat and choose and dad, you know, dad and donuts, you know, I'll talk about, you know, the straight talk that you have to have for preventative measures. Yeah, well, and this like, is a good time for that talk. I mean, I, I know when COVID, before COVID hit, um, it was starting to be heightened about, you know, human trafficking. And, you know, we, we were on a higher alert. Um, it's always been going on, but people just weren't, it wasn't like first priority. But I know like right before COVID, it seems like we were on extra alert about 
you know, stopping at the gas station and there's just things mm -hmm. going around. Um, and then when COVID came, we kind of got distracted and started to deal with other things. And part of my um, thought process when I was thinking about you too was, okay, this is still going on. Um, you know, don't forget this is all of that is still happening. It's just that COVID is on top of it. It's not like it's switched out, <laughs> you know, so yeah. So what you're talking about is something that should be ongoing. Um, right. don't ever forget, always be careful, always because we get, we get comfortable. And just like how, um, everything is transitioning in the world. Remember before, you had this, you had a, you know, phone that was, you know, a remote dial-up rotary phone versus right. the cell phone. So in child abduction or runaways or, or human trafficking, you always had the white van. Everyone was scared of the guy down the street, you know, or somebody driving around the community. This is the new white van. This is the cell phone. They can mm. lure you out of the, you know, parental abductions. It happens that way. Um, you know, someone pretending to be someone else on yep. a fake identity on social media. So it's the control of the parent and the caregiver to find the appropriate app. If you have an iPhone, if you have an Android, have the conversation, you know, find mm -hmm. ways to ping their phones. And because you're having that conversation, it gives them the mindset to, to do less. You know, they right. may not wander off as much because you're having that conversation. Pornography right, you just kind of wrong. bring it to their psyche. So it's like, even without thinking about it, you're thinking about it. You know, you're yeah. watching. And, and it's funny because when you start thinking about it, then you notice more things. And when you think yeah. about it more, then you notice more things. Because I know I have had moments when I thought about, oh, my goodness. Um, there were situations that really could have been very different because um, I wasn't paying attention. And now that I am paying attention, <laughs> you think about all the times that you weren't. And, you know, but for the grace of God, you didn't you know, get into a situation, but how easy it can happen, you know, how easy, and it's really easy um, for little people. You know, I see, you know, when you used to go to the store and see little people run off and it, it doesn't take but a second. Um, it Run off will be a long I have watched children like <laughs> kind of just sway away from their parents, not too far, mm -hmm. but enough to notice that they were closer to other people than their parents. And, you know, just wanted to snatch them and say, please, please go back. But at the same time, I was like, okay, be careful, Lisa, because then they're going to think you, you know, you trying to take the child, you know, because everybody's on high alert or, oh my goodness, but they don't, it doesn't kick in all the time. But um, yeah, I, I'm so fascinated. And I've heard you tell, you know, parts and pieces of your story. Also, so you share with, when I thought about family, because you were reunited with family at times and, and you've gone through some things like that. So share us a, a little bit about that. Well, there's a, uh, there's a, um, there's an underground world that uh, it's not always as bad. So there's the black web and the black web, of course, is the pornography and, you know, the illegal drugs and, and, and um, weapons. On the other side, there are people who are just at home on their phones volunteering, period, point blank. So they have um, Missing Children's International, Missing Persons International, human trafficking organizations, Dynamis organizations. And you just go around and you see posters that are, that are posted through mm -hmm. law enforcement agency or community organization. And you just you share the information. But you've done it for so long, you start connecting the dots. And they become the individuals who are supporting with the tips, 
which is really okay. key. So ironically, <laughs> over the 20 years that I've been talking, then income social media, people have been following me in the story for forever. So um, the great part about it, it was in 2019, a young lady inboxed me, which happens a lot. And she says, um, I think this is a kid that it could be you. And, you know, she went missing. She's in North Carolina. Her name is uh, Phyllis Powell. She's still missing. That's why I honor her name uh, and say it as much as possible. Phyllis Powell is missing. I said, well, it would probably make me about 65. So I don't think that's me, you know, unless I, <laughs> unless I got the Angela Bassett, you know, right. DNA. You know? <laughs> I said, I don't think it's me. But I notified the uh, caseworker on my case. And she said, well, it's, it's protocol. We have to put every single tip in. So they called the uh, DNA specialist and say, we're going to call the sheriff, but don't call the family because we don't want to do a false, you know, okay. we have a possible link between our Jane Doe and Phyllis Powell in the Carolinas. And so they did the DNA. And so the next morning she comes back and she goes, oh, no, it's not it, you know. And I said, I kind of figured it because I didn't think I was 65. So it was right. <laughs> I kind of, but I was so grateful. And it shows how easy those agencies really work together with the advancement that we've made from just looking at a picture versus right. the picture and the DNA combined into the database. And that's called uh, NAMIS, which is the, the um, it's in North Carolina. It's a chapter. Okay. That goes, it says name us because we're unidentifiable. Um, okay. So that was a great thing. So after that, it was weird because they reached out to a DNA detective, CC Moore, Nightline News. And it was just really you know weird that she reached out to her and she said she called him right back. I was like, wait a minute, I've been calling... Oprah and Ellen, and you mean to tell me you get so on the phone and call CC, and so it kind of evolved. And sure enough, um, lo and behold, she sends the information back. The detective calls me. She goes, "We got to, we got to meet up. We got to talk." And I go, "You're making me nervous. I just right. went through the whole nervous thing, and it was just really, it was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing. So we wound up. Uh, they surprised me because it was a woman." looking for a baby sister and um our mother had passed away from my understanding um and it was just weird that you know she just she, it was it was the the unbelievable believable for her and it was the same thing so we at the same time on the opposite end was experiencing it the full interview for that is on uh because i get emotional thinking about that embrace <laughs> Yeah, WUSA 9, Longest Living Jane Doe, if anybody wanted to see it. Yes, um, and it you was, all need to really take take a look at that. It was, <laughs> it was, a, it was a powerful moment, um, yeah. and, and I catch myself, I mean, I don't know. I just think that those, those are the kind of stories that we kind of need to, you know, embrace and see more of. Um, just to... You know how some people just kind of take, you know, family for granted and, and, and the fact that you, you know, with all that you have gone through and still you have had um, a true understanding of what family is, despite your journey or whatever you've gone through, which is amazing. Um, you can mm -hmm. actually, you are, you are a perfect example for your children because, I mean, your drive was so strong. Your strength was so, you know, huge that you just kept going. I mean, you're the perfect example of never giving up and you didn't. I mean, you know, timing is everything and it wasn't the time till it was the time. And yeah, it, that's, it's, that's a powerful thing 
that I try to, like when I speak at some of the youth organizations or some of the high schools, middle schools, I've done uh, lectures at some of the universities and I say to them, you know, when you say my mother's a deadbeat, my father ain't no good, they they some bums, I ain't gonna never be, that's, I had no one. I had no one. I'm a C, you know, E. Oh, sorry, COO of a construction company. I'm a self-published author several times over. I've did my own documentary. Like who? Like you can you can do it. I did it with nothing and no one. Of course, the grace of God. Like without He, there is no me. So all that glory definitely goes to Him. And I wasn't even raised in a, a church environment, church family. But believe you me, I know whose I am. So that's right. Important. I tell people. I had to love myself and I wanted best for myself. I wanted, I wanted good for me. I wanted right. happy for me. It wasn't given to me. So I had to continue every single day. And that, that happens to people now in a marriage, you know, in a friendship. And, it, you know, if the company is not for you, it's not for you. But if you know that you're trying to ascertain a goal because you're paying off some debt, getting rid of that mortgage, trying to acquire a new car, you know, you find what makes you happy until Absolutely. you're in the meet that in the meantime movement. Like I thrive on that in the meantime. It's not about what mm. I have. It's not what I, cause I, I, I take these baby steps. You know how people are like, oh, jump, leap. I'm not jumping off nothing. I don't <laughs> care what people are saying. I'm not jumping. But every single one of my baby steps from, you know, loving on myself, telling my story, writing the book, collecting the data, doing the documentary, you, I utilized every resources for the happy ending. Absolutely. Like I wanted to control the, the next chapter, you know, the happy ending. Even if it doesn't, like I'm still to this day working. I still don't have my birth certificate. Like I'm still fighting to even find out like, when is my birthday? So it's still, wow. and that's just like your life. It's, it's a forever working process. As soon as I get that, it's probably going to be something else more. The Lord's probably going to say, girl, you ain't done yet. You're not done yet. No, well, you know what I was thinking was I said because people get so caught up in what their motive, what they need to motivate them. So you know, some people believe, and you're the example of well, no, not necessarily because if you say if people believe, well, I don't have my family to back me up, so I can't do this. There's no such thing. I don't have you know whatever it is. I don't have kids. I don't have. I'm not married or I'm mm -hmm. single or whatever it is. Those are always excuses on why you can't do whatever it is that you're trying to do. And you actually have like, I mean, you ain't even chipping at those walls. You just like, okay, well, let me throw this brick over there because that's no good. I mean, there's nothing to stop you. You don't need. It's nice to have if it's a good thing. But yeah. if you don't, you know, sometimes not having some of those things is the better motivator. You know, mm -hmm. and it's not like you wish anybody not to have it. But if it's not motivating you in a good way, then, you know, you have to keep moving. You can't let those mm -hmm. things block you to stop you. And you didn't let that happen. Um, yeah. That's why I know this story is so powerful. Thank you so much. And that's a big thing. I see people on social media, you know, oh, my family's not supporting me. My friends are not supporting me. My, you know, no one's there for me. At the end of the day, you're still responsible for your own happiness. You can't get caught up because they're trying to do things in their life or in their world, you know, and it hasn't been easy for me. I've struggled everything. I'm struggling even now. Like I'm struggling again, as I stated before, how to get into the whole filming industry, you know, right. um, the small film festivals, because I could, I could pay plenty of people to do all these, but it's all possibilities. It's, there's no guarantee. You know, right. that's the thing that 
when you're working with larger agencies and publishing companies, you're, you're doing just as much work, but you're paying someone else, but you're still doing just as much of the That's work. True. So I actually, I actually enjoyed um, that as, and watching it unfold. I mean, that's going to be a, yet another piece that I'll be able to leave my children. So. And I'm so excited for you. So what we're going to do, because we're going to come back so that we can make sure everybody knows how to get in touch with you um, to really remind them of where to find the articles and the stories and, you know, everything on you, um, because I really think that they need to know your we need we need to know more stories like this because and you're still in it. Um, so I want them to continue to follow you. So let's have a couple of commercials um, and then we're going to come back. And um, so you all can make sure you get in touch with her and stay in touch with her. Focusing upon Elevating Lives is a nonprofit organization founded by Darcel and Bernard Collins, developing and preparing a society where all young men and women have a positive self-image and outlook despite the influences of the world and obstacles they may encounter. Love Me Girls Mentoring Program was founded in 2006. We have an annual Mary Diana Scholarship where you can find more information at fuelfornewlife.org forward slash scholarship. All t-shirt profits go to our program and we send donations at PayPal at paypal.me forward slash fuel for life. We also have community service events, family events, even college trips. Find us on Instagram and Facebook as well as our website, fuelfornewlife.org. back everybody um and i did want to mention to you all because we um next week we're actually going to be um finishing up for our last week dealing with the month of love and we're going to talk about community love um so we're having a mentoring group ilm is i love me um darcel collins who's actually on the um the thread with everybody but she's bringing the mentoring group um to luncheon with lisa and she's you know they're I love me. That's like, what What else can you say? She's teaching these young ladies that, you know, you got to love you first. Um, and I think it's a powerful um, mission to be on. So we're bringing Darcel and some of the ladies. I am also a, a mentor um, with the group. So I'm excited about that. So we wanted to give away one of um, the books before we find out where you all can find um, more information about what's going on with as Monique. So let, I want you um what can we what what, what is I mean, we, and we've talked about a lot of things but this is usually <laughs> the hard part for me on how to figure out who to give the book away from so you come up with something that a question or something that you have mentioned that they have to guess and we'll have to look in the uh thread and make sure see who's the first and they will win a copy of your book okay um, all right so here's a question who did i shock first who did she shock first? So you all, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes while we're going, we're actually going to share some contact information on how you can stay in touch with her um, and find out more about what's going on with her and follow her journey. But in the meantime, um, you all think about that. Who did she shock first? So you can get a copy of her book. So tell us how they can um, stay in touch with you and connect with you. Well, I'm on all social media platforms. It's known as Monique and that's on Twitter, 
Instagram, and Facebook. The Facebook is uh, the advocacy work that gets done. So we put tips out. We definitely post missing person flyers. And then you'll see works on if your loved one goes missing, what to do, uh, national hotlines, um, any event that you need. And we ask people to lock the number in. And of course, my website is knownasmonique.com. And it has details, a couple of other videos. Thank you for putting it up. There it is. I see it. Knownasmonique.com. Um, so that's, that's, probably the yep that's the best link there wonderful so we do have um an answer we got an answer that said her children was that the answer no that wasn't the, no, answer, that wasn't the answer okay so we, we we need some more guesses so you i know y'all want this book look cheryl is like i need to get that book um so me, who did give she i knocked on the door i knocked on the door basically and said i'm a missing person and they were shocked Ah, that's a good hint. That's a good hint. So, y'all, look, don't be, don't, don't scroll back through the me the message. See if somebody wrote it down. But we're definitely going to give this book to somebody before we get off here. But I have, I have enjoyed talking with you. Um, and I'm this, I'm hoping this won't be the last time that you come to luncheon with Lisa. Um, because you are doing some wonderful mm -hmm. things. Um, that need to continue. Um, and I know sometimes subjects like this kind of get swept under the rug or people don't put it priority. It's, it's strange how this is not a priority for a lot of people. Um, well, we make it a priority. The work that we do, we make it a priority. We have um, some legislation going on right now in the state of Maryland. We already passed one with Felicia Barnes law. It's actually a law now. If you don't wait 48 hours, like television in 24 hours, when you report someone missing in the state of Maryland, the officers take the report immediately and put it in a database. And the one that's uh, in the General Assembly right now is uh, Missing Persons Day. They want to make sure that it's a commemorative day here in the state of Maryland for additional resources and funding that could potentially come our way. And you did that, right? You started that. That's huge. That Thank is huge. Absolutely. So we got, a, we got another guest. Oh, did somebody the say? Children Organization. Yeah, 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 that's it. Yes, congratulations. Yep, I'm 1201298. That's right. So, Cheryl, you are going to be getting a copy of this. I will get this to you. Congratulations. This has been absolutely wonderful. Um, and I'm hoping that you will come back and join us again um, and keep us abreast of what's going on and let me know how, you know, how we can help to get the word out, you know, because what you're doing needs major exposure um so this platform and thank you for creating a platform you you're giving the platform to people um to utilize their voice to make the world better i have so much hope for a better world and and you're making a huge contribution to that thank you i appreciate that and this platform is always open to you to do exactly what you're doing um so thank you so much this has been wonderful and cheryl gets to get a book um, I got, like I said, I'm not giving away two tonight because one of them belongs to me. Uh, this is my book. Um, but yeah, this has been wonderful. Again, I want to remind you all that you all can tune in to Luncheon with Lisa every Thursday, 7 to 8 Eastern Standard Time. I will remind you that on Fridays, I partner with um, GMAP um, Broadcasting Network. So they will actually run the show on um, Fridays at seven o'clock, the same time they're out of Chicago, but we partner so you can catch it tomorrow or you can come back and watch it. We'll be sharing it and continuing to spread the word. Um, so thank you so much for tuning in. I have enjoyed this conversation and we're going to do this again. <laughs>
ready. We're gonna do this again because you're gonna have some major stuff coming up, and we need to let people know where to where to check you out. So you will be back. Thank you, darling. <laughs> have a good one, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for attending too. Absolutely. Thank you, Cheryl and Sharon. And I think that it's, it's um a lot of people um dipped in Darcel, Michi. Um, there's every thank you so much, Kelly. We had a lot of people tune in. They had a lot of conversations. So we'll definitely go back and make sure if you need Monique's information, if you need anything, um, we'll make sure. And you can actually go into the chat and, and put your information in there so they can connect with you. Um, but remember, it's known as Monique.com. Please go check out everything about her. This is an amazing story. And she's still, you know, she's helping other people to make sense of their stories as well. So. Thank you so much. And we will see you next Thursday at seven o'clock.